0: Dad's, happy Father's Day. I hope you get to just, I'm going to grill out today. And I'm just excited. I said, babe, can I just get some hamburgers? And uh, we're going to grill out. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm excited. Uh, And uh, I hope that you are excited for today too. But in light of At The Movies coming up, I wanted to talk about something today that I feel like... To uh, start the message off by talking about something that I feel like we have lost the art of in filmmaking. I love movies. I love going to the movies. As you, if you've come with us to a summer blockbuster movie, we saw Lightyear yesterday. Uh, we saw Jurassic World last week. We got. Uh, what's the Thor coming up, we got Minions, I'm super excited, I love movies. But one thing that we've lost the art of that the 80s got right, 80s probably didn't get a lot of things right when it comes to movies and music, even though that might sound like heresy. There's some great, but there's a lot of bad, okay, there's a lot of bad, the highs are high, but the lows are lows. Um, But one of the things that the 80s got right was the movie montage. Y'all know what I'm talking about, where like, it's used to like tell boring, otherwise it would be a boring part of the story, but they show montages to make you feel inspired, and there's no better montage in movie history than the one in Rocky IV. Come on, somebody, y'all know what I'm talking about, where Rocky is training to defeat Ivan Drago and Russia all simultaneously, right? It's at the height of the Cold War. I love this part of the movie. It's going to be playing as I'm talking about it a little bit. I love, this is by far the best rocky movie i'll fight you on that all right i'm gonna tell you this is the best rocky movie and this part of the movie is awesome because it shows the difference between the training that rocky's doing and then the training that ivan is doing if you look at what ivan drago's doing he has the team he has a whole team of people he has all the fancy equipment he has like steroids getting shot directly into his muscles it shows in a little bit right but rocky rocky's got a cabin in the mountains and he just chops wood he saws wood in half he's running up a mountaintop he's running through the snow he's lifting a bag of rocks right he's hanging from the rafters doing inverted ab workout which i that's how i start my day every day i don't know about y'all but that's what i do Um, and he's he's doing all this old school stuff right and it's because he needed to train like rocky was too short His reach wasn't long enough. He wasn't nearly as big as Ivan Drago, but his trainer saw something special in him. And so what they did is they pushed him. They, they said, no, no, no. We're going to train with what we have because we're going to try to take you from where you are to where you need to be to defeat all of Russia. Right? Because like, it's a big deal. And so he ends up training. He ends up going through this. He runs to the top of the mountain. It's majestic. If I keep talking, eventually it'll get there. And all of a sudden, the fight day comes. And as he's fighting, it looks like he's not going to make it. But then his training kicks in. He's like, no, there's something deeper in me. There's something, there's something inside of me. And all of a sudden, in the, in the, in the 11th hour, he defeats Ivan Drago and all of Russia. You can cut that down. And it's amazing. And it all happened because of his training. If he didn't have training, if he didn't have the right training, there's no way that he would have been ready to defeat Russia, right? Like there's no way that he would be ready to defeat Ivan Drago but he did what it took. And not only that, he had trainers that were there all along the way. They were trying to take Rocky from where he was, which was actually a really good fighter, but he had to get a lot better in order to defeat, defeat Ivan Draco. And so today what I wanna to talk to you about is training. Y'all say training, This is what I talk about today. Training is a vital part of life. That's why uh, whenever you uh, start a new job, you get trained. Right, Like if you start a new job and a new career, training is all about taking you from where you are to where you want to be. That's what training is. And that's what your new job does. You can just leave that slide up. Uh, Training takes you from where we are to where we need to be. And so that's why when you start a new job, you gotta go through training. You have to learn, like, okay, here's how you do certain things, here's how you work this program, here's how the, the chemicals you need to mix to spray for bugs, right? Like you here's what we do, here's what we say, here's what we don't say, here's why, here's our core values. And they're trying to take you from where you are to where they need you to be. That's why you have training right there. That's why when you get a new dog, how many of y'all have ever raised a puppy before? You have to do something called potty training, right? Because when they come in your house, they don't know the rules. And so they will poop and pee everywhere, but they have to, you have to take them from where they are and you have to get them to where they need to be. And you have to teach them. No, no, no. We don't go potty on the inside. We go potty on the outside. You have to train your puppies, right? That's why whenever your kids want to learn to start riding a bike, you get what? Training wheels. What? Right? Because you know that they have the physical ability to ride a real bike with two wheels, but they're not ready for that yet. They don't understand how to do the pedals. They don't understand how to brake. They don't understand how to keep their balance. And so you get training wheels. And when you get training wheels, it teaches them how to do that. And when they're ready, you have that day where you, you get behind their bike and you run and you let them go. But you have to get training wheels first. That's why the military has boot camp. And I, I've never been to boot camp, but it sounds terrible. To be honest with you, I'm not called to do that part, do that with my life. But man, they, they go through training. Why? Because every person goes into the military with all different sorts of backgrounds, they have different walks of life. And boot camp is designed to tear you down completely so that they can build you up, so that they can train you up into the warrior, into the, the person that you need to be to be in the military. That's why your gym has personal trainers. And God love personal trainers. They, they see potential in you. They see that, man, if you could just do these certain things, you can go from where you are now to where you wanna be. That's what a good trainer does. If they don't start you off on the very first day going, all right, we're gonna run 13 miles and we're gonna bench press 350 pounds, right? Like, no, that's not what they do. They look and see where you are and they create a plan to train you to get you where you need to be. I remember uh, this happened to me, I went to a free consultation with a trainer years ago, uh, and I'm not gonna say the name of the gym, but it's on Indian Lake and it starts with a G and it ends in Olds Gym, okay? Uh, and <laughs> so I went there and uh, the guy that ran their personal trainer they have like a contracted company that does their personal training. And this dude looked like a body, he looked like, uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He looked like Sylvester Sloan does at the end of the movie, right, where he's fighting Ivan Draco. And so I walk in there. I don't look like that. And I know that I have limitations and uh, I walk in and this guy's just trying to sell me. And the way he was selling me was showing me how badly I needed, uh, how badly I was out of shape so I could see that I needed a personal trainer. Right. And so I go in there and that joker puts me on a treadmill, turns it to like eight and it's on an incline like this. And he's like, run. And I'm like on that, like right now. And so I start running and I get really tired. Then he works me through a circuit on these machines and weights and all this stuff. And then I am dying. I mean, I've been there 15 minutes and I feel like I'm seeing the light right now. Like I'm dying. And all of a sudden he goes, we're going back to the treadmill and we go back to that treadmill and he puts it on eight again, we're on this incline to nine. I look like Derrick Henry training video, except not nearly as cool, right? And I am running and running and running. And finally I stop and all of a sudden he's talking to me and I can't hear him, I hear ringing in my ears, that's all I hear and I'm thinking, this is it. This is what it's like to die. And uh, I start, I get off the thing and all of a sudden I realize my eyes are open, but I'm losing my vision. Everything's going dark. And I hear this ringing in my ears, my blood sugar had tanked this is what it happened, I think. Confirmed maybe, okay. You've never had this experience in your life. So I think that's what was happening. And so I'm like not in a good, I'm about to pass out. And so I literally lay flat on my back. I'm in the middle of Gold's Gym laying like this and I'm thinking I can't see but my eyes are open and I can't hear and all of a sudden this man huge man like steps over me like this and looks down he gets this close to my face and he goes you're pretty out of shape boy and I was like yeah he goes but for $120 a month, you can have as much personal training as you want. And I'm like, the only thing I want right now is to punch you in the face, but I physically can't do that right now. And so he was not a great trainer, but trainers try to help you get from where you are to where you need to be. But training is all about that. It's about bringing somebody along helping them see the potential in themselves and doing what it takes to get them to where they need to be. And actually, the Bible has a lot to say about training. Actually, one of the verses it talks about where the Bible talks about itself, it says this in 2 Timothy, it says, all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and what's that word? Training in righteousness, and then it goes on to say this, it says so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so God's word is used for training because you have a good work inside of you. Every person that God creates has a good work inside of them, but it requires us to get into God's word and to be trained so that we're ready for God's work in our life. And so today, through Father, uh, As we talk about Father's Day, I want to talk about a verse that talks about training. And one that maybe some of you have heard, especially if you grew up in the South, a lot of, you hear a lot of like Southern things. This is like, can kind of be like a Southern phrase, but it's so much more than that. It's actually from the Bible. And I think it'd be good for us to focus on what this uh, verse that we're going to look at today talks about. And it's all about training. So my goal for today is this. I want to equip, I want to especially equip the dads in the room, but I want to equip every parent in this room with the tools that they need to properly train the people that God's entrusted in your life. Because if if we don't get this right with our kids, the future's in trouble. Our kids are in trouble. Our kids are in jeopardy. So my goal today is to show you how can you train your kids? How can you train your kids? And if you're not a parent here, you have a calling on your life to be a spiritual parent. So maybe you don't have physical kids yet, or maybe you don't have a family yet, but God has a calling on your life to do the same exact thing for people in your life, by the way. So even if you're not a real parent, God's called you to be a spiritual parent. And I wanna equip you to do the same thing. So y'all ready to go today? Y'all ready to rock and roll with me a little bit? Because I got a lot of preaching to do in about 14 minutes, all right? So y'all gotta listen fast, all right? So here's the verse that I wanna look at today. It says this. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm going to read it again. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. I'm going to say it one more time for the slow learners. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That also applies to she's, okay? That's just the version I chose. So the job as a parent is this. You can leave that up. I'm gonna talk about it a bunch. Train up a child in the way that they should go. That's your job as a parent. It almost sounds so simple that it's laughable. Like you're like, there has to be more to it than this right? Like there has to be more. No, no, no. Your job as a parent is to train up your child in the way they should go. But the problem is, is that we read this verse differently than what it's intended to mean. Some of us, we read this verse and we read this. We read, teach your kids to be good people. And when they're old, they'll still be good people. We read it like that. Or we might read it this way. We might read it like this. Uh, Teach your kids about God. And then when they're old, they'll still love God. But that falls a little bit short of what this verse is actually saying. That's certainly an aspect of it. I hope that, I mean, and if you bring your kids to our church or any church for that matter, you're doing what you can, right? Like you're, you're training your kids to love God. And I think that's the most paramount thing you could do. Teach your kids to love God and love people and they'll do great in life. But this is going a layer deeper than that. It's a little different than what we might read into. And so we all read this in different ways. We all see this uh, in a little different ways. And we assume that when we read this, it's telling us to teach our kids. Like, hey... Teach your kids this, but teaching falls short. Teaching is not the same as training. Teachers, I love teachers. Our Ellie's teacher's in the room right now. God bless you. Have a great time next year with her. She's great, but she is great. I'm actually, I think she's gonna do awesome. Teachers are great, but they're not trainers. Now, great teachers are trainers, but not all teachers, teachers just kind of tell you what to do. They, they, they verbally tell you, hey, here's what you need to know. Trainers show you what you need to know. And so if you're gonna train up your kids in the way that they should go, it's not a do as I say, it's watch what I do and do what I do. It's not a teach, it's a train. You have to model this for them. You have to be one uh, that, that, that models this for them. And notice it doesn't say this. That verse doesn't say, train up a child in the way I think they should go. Oh, boy, y'all are not ready. Okay, so in a way that I think they should go. Now, I've been to t-ball games. I've seen this with my own eyes. And I know that there are parents in here that their kids play sports or your grandkids play sports, and you are not the type. I'm not talking to you. You're not the type that's going to get up and, like, cuss out an umpire, right? For in a t-ball game, for calling them, calling them out or at a basketball game. We're not yelling at the refs. I'm not talking about, I'm not, you guys don't do that. I'm talking about other parents that do that, right? Like y'all, other people do this, right? But it's sad sometimes. Sometimes we train up our kids in the way that we think they should go, but that's not what this verse is talking about. It doesn't say, hey, parents, it's up to you. Hey, let's train them in the way that you think they should go and let's try to make them into that. A lot of times parents see their kids as a second chance at their life. And we're gonna get into that in a second. And we vicariously live through our kids and we put pressure on our kids to perform and do things that they were never meant to do. But the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. And that not only means like, hey, we need to point them on the right path, but that means We need to find out what their purpose is, the way that God created them, the way that they need to go, because that's their purpose. Here's my paraphrase of how I would say this verse. Go ahead and throw it up there. And here's the way I would paraphrase it. Find your child's purpose, help them see it, work on it, and put them on the path to their purpose. And then when they're old, they will still know who they are. That's what this verse is saying. That's the the Clint Lamberth paraphrase translation right there. This verse is talking about if you're going to train up a child in the way they should go, that means you're going to have to see the purpose that God's put in your child. And you're going to help your child reach that purpose. And we're going to help your child see the thing that God put inside of them. And we're going to draw that out no matter how different it is than what I want it to be. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. The Bible actually says this in Psalm 139. It says that you made all of the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. I love that verse. And it goes on to say this. It says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your markmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. That last part, the how well I know it. Most people in the world can't say that about themselves. They don't know the way that God made them, the gifts that God's put inside of them. But when it says that God made all of the delicate inner parts of your body, it's not only talking about your internal organs your kid's heart and their lungs and every, all the, their kidneys and everything that makes their body work. It's also, if you look at the original language, it's talking about, man, God gave them their giftings. God gave them their personality traits. God gave them the things that make them them. Those traits, those qualities, he gave them their dislikes. He gave them their weaknesses. He gave them their strengths. And that's what this verse is talking about, that in your mother's womb, before you were even born, God made all of this. He made this person, a full person. And that's what we have to help our kids figure out. That's the way that they should go. And so whenever we see our children, we shouldn't see what we want them to be. We should look at them and see the thing, the person that God made them to be. And it's our job to train them and to help them become that person. Why? Because it's so easy for us to forget who we are. A lot of us, man, we get so confused and we we listen to what other people, who other people say that we are. And we listen to the labels that's been put on us over our lives. But God is like, no, 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 that's not who you are. And it's our job as parents to figure out who our kids are so that we can set them up for life so that they can make a difference in this life in the way that God created them. So we have to train up our kids in the way they should go so that when they're older, they won't depart from it. You need to be speaking life into your kids, calling that out of them. And so today what I want to do is I want to teach you how to train your kids. I just went straight up old school pastor. I made an acrostic out of the word train. All right. So the first thing we got to do is this, is it requires you to spend time with them, time with them, true quality time with your kids. And I want you to really think about the way you use your time. This is, I, when I was writing this, I got really convicted because I'm bad at a lot of these things. But if I want to train my kids, it requires time. Not time on my phone, not time on your computer, not time on your iPad, not time with work whenever work, the work day is done. No, no, no. You need to spend time with your kids. Every person on earth gets the same amount of time every day. I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos or if you're me. We get 24 hours a day. How you spend those hours matters. But some of us, we waste it scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, or we waste it trying to earn a little bit more money at work, or we waste it trying to get that promotion, or we waste it carting our kids all around God's creation at a T-ball travel ball league, right? Like it's just, we spend time doing stuff that, is this really training them to be the person that they need to be? But it all requires you to spend time with your kids and dads make time for your kids. When my, my grandfather passed away last week. My mom's at his, his funeral was yesterday. And I promise you on his deathbed, he wasn't thinking, Whew, I wish I would have done better when I was working for the Tennessean. One day when you get to the end of your life, I don't want the regret to be that you wish you would have spent more time with your children or with your family. Work will not love you back. It might, you might make a little bit more money, but that's not love work will not love you back. Your kids will love you back. Spend time with your kids. Why? Because the second thing, once you spend time with them, you're going to have a relationship with them. And listen, this is hard. You need to have a relationship with your kids where they're at right now. That means you got to get into what they're into. That means that it doesn't matter how not into it you are, you don't get the opportunity to not be into it. And this is so hard. And I do this for every single one of my kids. I'm not perfect at it, but I've, sent, I've tried to make an effort recently to like, okay, I'm going to get into their world. You need to quit trying to bring your kids into your world so much and get into their world. If they're into monster trucks, take them to, I mean, yeah, take them to Monster Jam, baby. You know what I mean? Like get into their. Are you really? Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Get into their world. Well, I wasn't into that. Who cares? Get, guess what? You got to train your kids. Get into the world. With Reuben, he is so into Pokemon right now. I couldn't care less about Pokemon. I'm just going to be honest. I know I wasn't into it when I was a kid. I know nothing about it. He's talking about Charizards and Pikachus and holographic. T- I'm like, oh, I don't even know what to do. But guess what? I want him to have a relationship with me and I wanna have a relationship with him. So you know what, I'm into Pokemon. I'll ask him about it, I'll go take him to GameStop, we'll buy a pack of cards and he'll open it. It's like the best day of his life every time. Do I care about Pokemon? No. Do I care about my son? Absolutely. I'll be into Pokemon, I don't care. Okay, sit down and watch the the show that they wanna watch. Get into their world a little bit with Ellie, oh, and with Ruben. He's loves Super Smash Brothers right now. Good news is, I grew up on Super Smash Brothers, and I will wax them all day long, and, and I like it, and I don't take it easy on him either. But I'm into his world with Ellie. Ellie is a, a marvelous dancer. See, see, her and Lucy both take dance lessons at Studio One Sixteen. Shout out to Delaney over there. Uh, they're great. If you want to get your girls into dancing, take them there. Uh, but I can't dance. I mean, some of y'all knew me in high school. I was in show choir. It's bad. Let me just tell you, I don't do any dancing. The next time I dance is I'm going to be at my daughter's weddings, right? That's when I'm going to dance. Oh, they're not allowed to get married. Okay. Uh, but, I, but I love watching her dance. And even though I can't dance and I can't do the stuff she can do and all that stuff, I try to watch when she's at a recital and I compliment her on specific things. Like, hey, you look so great when you did this part right here. Why? I want a relationship with my kids. I'm going to get into their world with Lucy. Lucy loves to draw and she loves the color. And she's so proud. She can stay in the lines so good. She's so proud. She can stay in the lines. Is she going to sell any of her works of art for a million dollars? No. Okay. If someone does, I will gladly receive it, but it's probably not going to happen. But you better believe she thinks her dad is the best artist in the world. Because anytime she says, oh my God, that is so good, baby. Hey, put that on my nightstand and I keep them all in my nightstand. I wanna get into their world. As a parent, quit trying to drag your kids into your world and get into their world. Get into something that they're into. Why? Because when they're older and they're actually going through something, they're gonna go to the person that they trust and the person they know is gonna be there. And they're gonna remember, dad's never not been there because he wanted to have a relationship with me. The next thing is this. We're going to give them time. We're going to build our relationship. This is a tough one. We're going to accept them for who they are. Spoiler alert, the next one's intentionality. We'll get there in a second. (laughs) We're going to accept them for who they are. Now listen to me. Your kids are not going to be exactly like you. So some of you, you played football and you're thinking, boy, my boy's gonna be, he's gonna play football and he's gonna be 10 times better than me, right? And so you drag him around and you're making him play football and they hate it. And they're honestly not even good, right? But you need to accept that maybe they're not athletic. I love sports. Ruben doesn't have an athletic bone in his body. And that that would drive me crazy if I cared, but I don't care. I want him to play basketball. I want him to have fun, right? Like, hey, learn how to be on a team. Learn the leadership lessons there. But I, he ain't making it to the NBA. All right, I, I'll just tell you right now, it ain't going to happen but you need to accept your kids for who they are. Some of you, you have an entre- entrepreneurial spirit. I don't know if I said that right, but you have a you have a business mind, right? And you wanna teach your kids, you wanna help them learn the lessons that you learned the hard way. And so you're gonna help them understand how to handle their money well. And, and that's a great lesson to te- please teach your kids that, right? And you're, you're wanting to, them to do this and you're forcing it on them, but maybe they're just not that person. Like that's just not in them. That's not the the calling that God has on their life. That's okay. You can accept it. Maybe for you, man, you you love school. I mean, you worked hard to be the valedictorian of your class and, and your GPA was really important to you and you were really good at at working the school system right and you were good at taking the tests and you knew how to write the papers. And maybe your kid isn't quite like that. And it's and listen, push your kids to be smart, push your kids to try hard, do all those things. But maybe they don't have that gifting. Like you have. We need to accept them for where they are. Push them, help them do the best that they can do. I mean, don't let them slack and all that kind of stuff, but maybe they're not gonna be the valedictorian of their class. Guess what? That's okay. Like accept them for who God created them to be. And let me just say this. I'm not talking about if, if if they say that, man, God created me like this and it goes against what God's word says, we don't tolerate that either. We're gonna help lovingly show them, no, 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 that's not God's best for your life. This is God's best for your life. I'm not talking about let them giving this as a license to let them live in sin or anything like that. But sometimes we gotta get real with who our kids are. And it's okay because we're gonna train up our kids in the way that they should go because of the what God put inside of them. So we're gonna train up our kids, we're gonna accept where they are. And the next one is, we're gonna have some intentionality with them. We're gonna see that, man, okay, now that I see who they are, I've spent some time with them, I have this relationship, and now I'm starting to see the natural gifts and abilities that God's put inside of them. I'm starting to see their personality traits shine through. Now, I can intentionally craft them. I can intentionally train them. I can intentionally point them in the right direction and I can get them to where they need to go. And maybe you see who they are and God's shown you who they are and maybe they have a trait that is anti that. And that's crafty. The enemy will use stuff like that to get your kids off track at an early age. I remember Reuben, I owe him a lot of money today, by the way. I keep using him. I give them $5 every time I use them in a sermon. So, uh, but he's only going to get five. It's only one sermon. You know what I mean? so uh, when he was a kid, he was so timid. He was afraid of everything. He wouldn't want to, he was not the kid that like would jump off stuff or like, run because he would be afraid of like falling and hurting himself. Like, he, he naturally wanted to obey. He was afraid of disappointing us and all that kind of stuff. And that's when we thought, man, we're great parents. He obeys so easily. Let's have more. Ellie destroyed that theory. All right, so he's very different. But Reuben was so timid and just afraid. And I remember, like, okay, I see this in him. And that's not, God does not want him to grow up to be timid. That's not, that's not a, uh, that's not a uh, spirit of God in him. So we started praying. And I, every night when I would put him to bed, I, I would pray, God, I pray you help Ruben become a bold man of God one day. I kept praying boldness over him. I kept speaking boldness over him. I kept showing him, hey, this is what a bold man would do. And this is what a bold person would do. And I would try to, to intentionally call that out of him. And you know what? He has changed so much over the course of his life. He, uh, you know, earlier this year, I don't remember when it was, that dude, was running down a hill at the zoo and broke his arm because he wasn't timid, right? Like I wish he would have been timid, but he wasn't. He actually got up and did a stand-up routine at his school talent show this year. He would have never done that before. But we sit there and we're gonna say, no, I see something better in you. I'm gonna pray that out of you. I'm gonna push you to be the person that I see that God's put inside of you. That's what I wanna do. And that's what you need to do. You need to be intentional with your kids. The Bible says this. I love this verse. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man, they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Come on, I love that. And it says, how joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. I want to talk about this idea of of kids being arrows. Arrows have to be intentionally crafted. They can't be done the wrong way. I know nothing about hunting, but I did a lot of research on this. They They have to be crafted the right way so that they'll fly straight, so that they'll go where you're aiming, right? Here's what I know about arrows. It's this, is they must be carefully shaped and formed. They must be guided with skill and strength. They must be given care or they're not gonna fly straight. They must be aimed and given direction and they will not find the target on their own, by the way. An arrow just doesn't magically fly out of the quiver and hit the bullseye, no. They, they, They have to be shot. They are in some respect, they're only launched once. I want every parent's eyes to look at me for a second. You get one shot with your kids, one. We gotta get this right. They're an extension of the warrior's strength and accomplishment. God gave you your kids to your family so that you can impart the gifts that God's given you into your kids and help them be better than you were, but in their own unique way. And here's what I also know. Arrows have potential to do good or evil. And your lack of intentionality with your kids or your intentionality with your kids are gonna determine that. We have to be intentional with our kids. You have to be intentional with them. And the last thing is this, is you have to help them never lose sight of who they are. How many of y'all know kids are the most forgetful people on planet Earth yesterday? uh, This is another one, Ruben, Ellie, or Ellie. Stephanie had asked uh, Ruben to do something and made him repeat it back to her twice. In the five seconds it took him to go downstairs, he did everything the wrong way. I'm like how did you forget this? It just happened, but I forget he's my son. And that, that's how I am a lot of times. But uh, why, uh, it's why we train our kids is it's a constant reminder of like, no, no, no. This is who you are. When our kids are being rude, you know what we don't do? We don't go, you are so rude. You're being so rude. I try not to do that. What I try to do is say, you are a kind person. And right now what you're doing is not kind. Do you see the difference? One calls out the good thing that we see in them. It calls out the God thing in them. It calls out the thing that I hope they never lose sight of. They need to remember, no, I'm not rude. I'm actually kind. And because I'm kind, I'm gonna change my behavior. Some of you need to change the way you're speaking to your kids and call out the good things so that they never lose sight of who they are, who God created them to be. And let me just tell you, dads, this is your responsibility first. Set the temperature in your house. Literally with the thermostat. Y'all know y'all are the king of that, right? But figuratively with your family, set the temperature of your family. Be the leader with your kids. They need to think that you're their hero because you do these things. You spend time with them. You have a relationship with them. You've accepted who they are. You're, You're trying to push them intentionally to head them in the right direction. And all that's gonna work together so that they never lose sight of who they are. Because when they're old, if we do these things, they're gonna remember who they are. And how many of you know our future needs people that know who they are in Jesus, that know who they are, that that know their purpose, that they're working in that power. There's power in your purpose. There's power in your kid's purpose. You know, once God's people were set free from Egypt, he gave this command to Moses because he knew how quickly they would forget what happened. And he says this, I love this. It says, you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Dads, you can't halfway do it. You have to wholeheartedly train your kids. You have to commit wholeheartedly to what I'm about to tell you right now. And it says this, repeat them again and again to your children. That's what he says. Hey, these commandments, this way of living life that I've given you, you have to repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them around your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Listen, what God's put inside your kids, you need to remind them of it constantly. This isn't a thing where you get to take a day off of training your kids, no, no, no. Your calling as a parent is to train your kids in the way that they should go. Do whatever it takes to remember what that calling is. Whatever it takes. Some of you, you will go all out at work to be recognized. You'll stay up late. You'll work on that presentation. You'll, you'll go the extra hours and hours trying to close this deal. You'll, you, may, you may travel all across God's earth to, to do these things. And let me just tell you, the best effort you should ever give is in your home. If you're doing that at work, you better do it five times more at your house. Why? Because your kids deserve it more than your work deserves it. Parents, they need to see you have a, a great marriage. Model it for them. Love your wife in front of your kids. I smooch stuff in front of our kids and they think it's the grossest thing ever. I don't care. You know why? Because I love my wife and I love their mom. But man, I, I'm telling you, if you can do these things, if you can spend time with your kids and you can build that relationship, you can accept them for who they are, you can give some intentionality and help them hit their target and you can help them never lose sight of who they are, our children, are going to be an amazing future in this world, at this church, in their schools, at their workplace, in their families. This world's going to look different. But it all starts in this room right now with our parents. Are we going to train up our kids in the way that they should go? Not the way you think they should go, in the way they should go. Because if we can do that, we can change stuff. Now, here's my challenge to you. There's a lot of people in here that are that i call them the youngins. We have the youngins over to our house all the time. We'll play board games and stuff. And these are the people in our church that don't have kids yet, right? They're young, they're married. The, the Chavez, 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 is whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, they're, they're like you guys and, and some other people, right? Like the youngins at the church. You don't have kids yet. There's a need for you right now in our church. We're starting our student ministry in the fall. And there are some people that are going to be affected because you're going to step up and you're going to be spiritual parents to our students. Let me just tell you this to the guys too. Since it's Father's Day, I'm just going to get on you real quick. There are two ladies in there that watch your kids every week. They don't ever come to service. They've been to like three services since our church started meeting in here, by the way. They never come in here. We need some men to step up and go serve in our kids' ministry because they need it. Let me tell you right now, they need some structure in there, right? They need a man, a male presence in there. I'd love it if some men stepped up today and say, you know what? I'm going to go serve in kids ministry. Why? Because they need spiritual fathers too. They might tell you some things that they might not yet tell their dad. They might open up to you about some things and you could really step in and fill that gap for them. And you could be a man of God in their life. Like we all need more men of God in our life. Men step up. Let's go serving kids. Give up one week a month. Come on, that's nothing. One week a month, go serve in there. When we start our student ministry, men, lead the way. Be there, be, I, there were some men in my life, I had a great dad, I have a great dad, but there were some men in my life that stepped up and helped my dad out and he's very thankful for those dudes that have been there. Mike Hurst was one of them and he would take me in and he taught me how to play guitar and do these things and changed my life and I had a great dad. So people, come on, our, our kids need you, men. They, they need some dads in their life. They need more spiritual dads in their life. And I want us to step up, let's serve. And it, I'm telling you, uh, that will change the trajectory of their life. They're not gonna remember the lessons you teach them, but they're gonna remember, man, Mr. Kyle was so cool, so big. He was like a giant, right? Like, they loved that. He was so nice. You know, he was there for me whenever I had my tonsils taken out. You know, he sent me a text message or a letter in the mail. You know, kids love getting letters in the mail. Write a kid a letter. But be there for them. Come on, man, let's step up and let's do something. Let's serve. Let's serve our kids. Let's be spiritual dads. Come on, y'all stand up. Let's, Let's pray together. God, I pray we all receive this lesson today of training our kids in the way they should go. God, I pray for our dads in this room as they carry a lot of this weight on their shoulders. I thank you for the hard work they do put in. I pray you help us all step it up a little bit. I pray that we would get into our kids' worlds and we'd help them, uh, we'd help build that relationship with them. For those of us having a hard time (coughs) accepting who our kids are, I pray you help us open our eyes to who they are and celebrate those things because you put those things inside of them for a purpose. God, uh, I pray for our our moms in this room, our grandparents in this room. That you'd help them be the parents they need to be as well. Because if we can change our households, then we can change this world. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, give God a hand. I love church. I love that y'all are here right now, but I love brisket, and we're gonna go get some right now, all right? So y'all head out into the lobby. We'll see you next week at 10. Enjoy some brisket, hang out a little bit, and then uh, we'll get out of here in a few minutes.